Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. Hey, everyone. My name is Carlos. I'm the founder and CEO of Product School, and I'm here with a special guest. Her name is Deb Dura. She's a group product manager at PayPal. Hey, Deb. Hi, Carlos. Thank you for uh, the opportunity. Absolutely. You've been a great contributor to the Product School community when not too many people believed in us. So it's an honor to have you back and talk all things product and uh, everything in between. So let's get started. How did you break into product? What's your story? Oh, boy. So I'll go a little bit back. You know, I'm a, I'm an Indian woman of color. Um, today, I lead a talented group of product managers at PayPal. You know, we're focused on transforming PayPal's entire customer success agent experiences to really go from a transaction servicing model to, you know, an AI predictive, uh, you know, you know, human-centric uh, servicing model and so on. So truthfully, I started out as I came to this country about 12 years ago as um, to study engineering at Carnegie Mellon. Then I got my first job at Microsoft. And over the years, I realized that, you know, where my passion is like product managers, are, you know, anybody in tech and, and so on is really looking to solve the hard problems. For me, my passion really came from really trying to go deep and immerse myself into my customers' lives and understand you know what what they're what they're dealing with and really look at it look at problem solving from the customer's lens so i started out uh, breaking into uh, you know product ownership back at cisco and then i got my first uh, you know big gig at at hitachi where i got to work on a product management uh, portfolio for fighting crime believe me that was my first experience where you know someone who has no experience in this background um, how human centricity, customer centricity can really enable you to build kick-ass products. And then eventually my journey came into PayPal, where today I, uh, like I said, I lead product for our uh, customer service agent experiences. So tell me a little bit more about that moment, uh, like really coming from India to the US, study engineering, and then at what point do you decide, okay, this is great, but I also want to start doing more product stuff? Um, you know... At some point in your career, you know, some people realize it a little bit earlier than some people a little bit later. I think at some point you start to feel like, am I doing the best that I can do? Right. And a lot of a part of it is like really embedding yourself into your strengths and what appeals to you to excel. And some people are really good technologically. Some people are really good with empathizing with customers. Some people are really good with, let's say, you know, sales, marketing and so on. So you really need to look back and question yourself as to what drives you. Right. And for me, that happened sometime between, you know, being a senior software engineer and, and really trying to see if if I'm someone who loves to embed myself in complex architectural solutions or am I more drawn by speaking to customers, learning where their problems are, immersing myself in their journey and seeing how my experience and my knowledge can help bridge their gap with you know our business solutions as well as our technological solutions so for me it was there uh, i'm sure everyone's journey is different but that was that was my personal story yeah and i ask you because i'm all i, I came from spain 10 years ago technical background as well and uh, pretty similar i ended up landing in product and uh, something that 
I've seen a lot, especially for engineers who end up in product, is that they usually stick to product. I mean, there are so many different options within product and, uh, you know, building your companies or building products for somebody else. But it seems like there is something there that, that keeps us hooked. Yeah, I mean, product management is really at that center, right? Like if you love technology, you love, you know, making an impact to your customers and you you care, like you have enough, so I guess, cognitive sense about, um, you know, how do you impact business? Like how do you help move, um, you know, KPIs and so on? I mean, product management is such a, such a wonderful niche. It's almost like a gift to be a product manager because you get to solve multiple problems. Um, at scale. I mean, I think there is just a lot more than, you know, what meets the eye. I think that that's really where my, you know, you fall in love with solving the problem. <laughs> and, and I want to double click on that because you mentioned one of your first jobs was about fighting crime. And and I think that's fascinating that the fact that you can apply your superpower to really solve such a big problem at scale by leveraging technology. So how do you go about picking those problems that that you are passionate about? You know, to be quite honest, it, it depends really at which stage of the journey you are in, right? Like, like I said, I, to me, product management is, it's almost like a gift to be in a product manager's position because as a leader in this space, you get to view things from multiple lenses. So one example was even like my first time taking on a project where we had to, you know, learn what kind of a solution can I create to provide law enforcement agencies that are like, on their shoulders, they're, they're looking to really fight crime. They're looking to look at, you know, uh, arming their first responders with the right toolkit so that they can do their job. We don't want our products to be things that they have to learn and figure out. We want it to enable our customers to do what they want to do best, right? So in terms of when you look at it from that lens, you, you learn that it's more than just the technology. Right, you learn that you on, on the product, there's people, process, and product ultimately. So thinking about product, you're thinking about their pain points. You're looking at well, where is the industry going when you're looking to enable products that that serve your customers' problems? Next, you need to figure out how do you build them, or how do you even design them. So having a human-centric approach, which is one one of my favorite things that me and my team do constantly. You know, we do a lot of usability studies and um, and and so on, where we constantly get iterative feedback um, on our on our solutions from our customers. And then the next thing is also about analytics. Like while you're learning some of this, right? There's just so many problems to solve, right? How do you look at what problems can you solve? in a way that drives a maximum impact. So making data-driven decisions, having analytics as part of your discipline so that you are really identifying opportunities for growth. And then as you evolve, like through that journey, um, you know, you learn about, well, it's not just about the customer problem. It's not just about the solution. It's about the people that you are taking along with you. Who are your stakeholders? Who are your cross-functional partners? Who, who stands to sort of, who do you need with you on this journey to deliver that vision, right? So like relationships with your partners and, and people that you work with is incredibly critical. And I would say a process where having a, the true, like while all of this is, is good and, 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 and right, having the appropriate processes, right? The diligence for every single product manager to follow the process of like build, measure and learn so that you're iteratively building out products that continue to sort of sustain and, you know, retain customer retention. Um, I think is critical. So, I mean, there's just so many things to it. I, I love the whole process and the discipline of what it takes to be a product manager. I think that's the beauty of it, that you can go in so many directions and you are at the center 
of it. Like you really get access to the whole picture. That was at least one of my problems as an engineer. I felt big hole just implementing something and uh, nobody really told me the story about why and what mm -hmm. else I can do beyond just uh, coding. So I also want to, to learn more about your own leadership journey because we sometimes talk about how to break into product, but you are a group product manager. So tell me a little more about that. What is a group product manager and uh, why did you decide to, to go that route? You know, it's, there, is, there is a journey, like everybody is on their path, right? So for me personally, while I care to make a difference, and that's, that's personally what I, you know, you, if you see, if you follow, I mean, Carlos and I, we, we've talked quite a bit, right? I care to make a difference in, in, in ways that are like visible through my actions, So like in addition to even to my day, daytime job, like, you know, I volunteer to sort of work and coach and educate to help, help build product culture and product school has been a fantastic avenue. And my affiliation with product school has enabled me in so many ways to, to meet that dream, right? Similarly with women in product and Forbes. So like my passion is in, in educating and sharing and really coaching to build high performing product management teams. So part of what I was doing also at Hitachi was looking to how can we enable our, you know, people that we work with, like one part of leadership is you can't do it on your own. It's about enabling people around you to sort of, you know, identify what their growth path is. And at PayPal, I got a similar opportunity to sort of, um, I worked with a really talented group of, um, you know, product managers and engineers and UX designers. So I focus on really coaching and skilling and building that product discipline within my team so that we are able to, you know, have many more product managers that are able to do awesome things. You have a visitor. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, one of the perks of working from home, I guess. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so then I also want to to explore more about what you just said about giving back to the community. You, you've been an amazing contributor to Product School. You also lead a chapter at Women in Product. And I think it's very important for the next generation of product leaders to have a reference, people who, you know, didn't have a place like a mentor or, or a structure. They made it and now they want to empower that next generation. So how do you split your, your time between your full-time job, very demanding at a top company with also helping so many other people in the community? You know, I think one of the biggest things that is discouraging women from entering the, the space of product and tech is lack of mentors lack of role models because a lot of times you you need to work toward a north star right um and a lot of people do not even if you have that dream like you need a network that enables you and supports you when you have questions when you're feeling like you know you you need um someone to sort of energize you right and i think women honestly like one big thing about women uh, women in product is to give that platform Like not everybody needs to be in a very senior leadership role to be a, a support element. Like women for today example are not getting promoted into senior tech roles because they think that we always need sponsorship at a senior leadership level. While that's absolutely well and true, I think it's also important to know that you need to be surrounded by people who either are with you in this journey, you have people to collaborate with, you have people to you, you you're able to give access to women who are seeking that growth with women who have made it. Right. Or, or in some ways have made it. So women product is that opportunity where we connect all of us. We all have growth areas with some people who inspire us. And I think that's really one of the ways that we are trying to you know, educate and really 
educate all of us, each other, everybody in this in this network to, about you know the demands of the industry. Um, you know, we've read a lot about. Uh, you know, a lot of times women sort of are deterred from entering the tech space because either they think they're not technical enough, right? Or they think that they don't have the right skills. Or it could just be like the, fa the factor that, you know, like Silicon Valley traditionally or tech companies traditionally have had this whole like, well, we're really trying to attract, you know, youngsters who have, you know, happy hour and free food is really the the attraction. And that's not true. Like that perception has like the the, the industry has evolved. And a lot of companies, like I know my own company, does a lot of things in terms of enabling childcare, healthcare, flexible working for parents. These are the things that attract and give the comfort to women to really join us. So I think it is important that we create these forums to share that, like what different companies are doing, what those initiatives are. And personally, for me, it's, it's so motivating, like just to have this connection and, and like what product school has enabled for me is like reach out to so many more to share this vision. Um, I, I will do forever, whatever I can to make room and time for it. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I think it's important that you brought this up because I don't think we talk about it enough. And, and coming from both of us from engineering backgrounds, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this huge difference in ratio, like men, women, but in product, even though it's not as bad, it's still a, a big difference. And, and it's very important to hear voices. And uh, we always talk about product people about being part of the problem and not of the solution. And, and I think that the more women leaders out there, uh, the more men leaders as well is going through uh, having kids and so on, the more they can empathize with other perks that are not just about, as you said, yeah. happy hour, free beer and free pizza. I, I, I liked it 10 years ago. I'm trying to age myself now, but <laughs> really it's been 10 years since I was attracted to a happy hour. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what is, I mean, as, as product people, like we're, we're curious, right? Like, in, So what is next for you? What, what are you passionate about learning these days? Oh boy. Several different things. You know, I, I think learning is a, is, is a continuous journey, right? So a few different areas for me to be quite honest, um, like leadership skills is, is something that I feel is a constant learning. I try to read a lot of biographies. I try to read, I mean, Audible is a fantastic way today. You know, like we're at home, we go for a walk, we're cooking, you know, just pick up a book and, and, and immerse yourself in what does it take to be a leader? What does it take to lead with empathy? Especially in the times of COVID-19, people are working from home, people are balancing, you know, expectations at work, expectations at home. So, you know, I think being a, a compassionate um, a leader, I think, is something that I am constantly trying to improve, um, as well as you know, really encouraging people to to push the boundary. Right? Like you, you have to try and drive a balance between both, where you are enabling a very safe environment for your for your team. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm I'm trying to learn, encourage people to take risks, and know that I have their back. Um, building a high performing uh, product team culture that's important to me. Um, I think aside from that, you know, personally, I did um, recently take the opportunity, you know, I, I have a blog that I run on the side and, and um, through that, I, you know, I, I engage a lot with the audience that is outside of my typical product and tech world. I, it's, it's essentially a, a lifestyle blog. And I learned about, you know, this opportunity where so many of us are at home, so many of us have to figure out 
spaces in our home to to make let's say a home office out of um we have people who are trying to work with children and now we have to do homeschooling for children like what kind of environment can you create so they actually have a nice um area to sort of work in so long story short i i discovered a need in the market here you know for empowering um for essentially creating interior design services for our for a lot of customers and in the process i got to meet a lot of women who now actually are looking to sort of looking it's almost a job opportunity right like in the gig economy market we we have an opportunity to enable uh someone who has a passion for home decor someone who has a passion for interior design doesn't necessarily have the ability to go and join an interior design firm but i want to see if i can create a platform to connect the two right there's talent and then there's demand how do we create a, a platform that essentially brings the two together so that's my latest so i recently launched a company uh it's called room plays um so it's a completely new space for me growing the market customer acquisition marketing sales i'm even coding sometimes so this is something that i need to learn to do a lot lot better but i'm excited about it <laughs> that is so cool and i think it's important for a lot of people out there to recognize that you can't build something without asking for permission and uh, i think totally. that the product management skill set is something you can apply to a larger organization the same way you can apply to yourself Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And there are so many tools out there. We 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 see this trend. I mean, when I started teaching product management, there was there wasn't really that much. We were still relying on PowerPoints and spreadsheets. And now there's so many like no code, low code tools that yeah. allow any creator to really build a website without any coding background and really start monetizing and selling and and, exactly. and doing pretty much everything by yourself. Exactly, and I, I, I exactly I agree. I mean, I think the intention is you should just. If you have a vision and you have the passion for doing something today, there's so many technologies, even social media. I mean, we view it as a tool just to share our content, but no, like people have built small businesses are built today on Instagram and Facebook. It, it you can really enable a business with the click of a button, and as long as you know your market, you know the value proposition that you bring out, and you are connected to your customers, the tools already exist. You just need to learn how to use them. So, I, yeah. One thing that I I know you do very well, which I think sometimes is very underrated, which is building community. You've built, you've been contributing content, your own time, participating in events, leading a, a a chapter, a nonprofit, and really putting yourself out there. And then, yes, if you go out there and launch something, it seems sometimes like an overnight success. But in reality, it took many years to really build that audience and and give value without expecting anything in return. Thank you. I appreciate that. I may need to. I may need to call you one of these days to set up my Zoom room. <laughs> I will totally do that. Please check out www.roomplace.com. <laughs> so, Dev, now in, uh, you, you mentioned something about empowering your team to continue building products, and as a, as a group product manager, I guess that's that's critical. So, can you give me a couple of tactical tips on how you can empower? product managers who report to you to kind of think more strategically and own more pieces of the puzzle yeah certainly so what i try to do is you know everybody different people are different but in broadly people tend to function well when well when you provide a structure right so the first thing i did as a product uh, as a manager was really assess 
the the level that each individual product manager is at and everybody has skills to be honest some people are really empathetic and really appreciate their customer some people are very data driven um some people are quick with design and like creativity and so on so you really want to make sure that one you are instilling the right discipline and standardization across this within your team and the second thing is ensuring that you are tapping into each individual strength so largely what i you know what i recommend for any product manager as i'm doing even for my own company i'm being product for my own company is start with you know there stages in your journey so start with product requirements and your product requirements like actually put pen to paper write a prd right so for starting that you want to go ahead and and do some customer research you want to talk to your users you want to see how they're using their tools do some journey mapping story mapping but ultimately you want all of this to evolve into a product requirements document now i know a lot of people have moved on from prds and so on so you can have your own version of what that is but what i'm essentially asking is everybody i would encourage i i do encourage my team and our org to document what are your objectives why are you trying to do this who are your customer segments who are the personas or actors describe their pain points or use cases and then evolve come up with you know what your requirements are to solve those use cases and talk about what those metrics would be to measure success simple something as simple as this is extremely valuable to convey your thoughts into into a a, a document the second thing i recommend is if you are handy enough or you have obviously if you have access to like a, a, a user research and a user experience group um connect with them to walk through your requirements or sometimes even bring them along with you in the journey to to learn and hear from the user because ultimately you want your requirements translated into if you're in a consumer facing product you want it to be translated into designs that you know you can ultimately take to your to your um, end users to get validity and usability testing and so on um second thing i think the prd really helps you with is engineering communication explain to them what your thought process is because then they are going to take that and convert it into technical design and ultimately implement so i think it's important to articulate and refine and review exactly what you want delivered and once you have that you know this is an iterative build measure learn process so as you're evolving designs we take it back to our end users you know prior to pilot we actually get some early feedback in through usability studies um once we are ready to pilot we actually do we call it pilot because we actually do a, it's a form of ab testing where you don't roll out first you actually test to see um you know what it you have certain metrics that you're looking to capture at the end of the day you want to see which treatment is really delivering the type of experience you want before you roll this out broadly um hook up tools like tableau and so on you know for for reporting and capturing metrics like make sure you're significantly instrumented so that you're capturing metrics from the day you go live um you know use jira for agile so that you're constantly keeping an eye on what you, you're able to pivot as and when issues come up and you're able to sort of be very agile so i think some of these things are you know simple to be quite honest but important to follow that discipline sometimes it sounds like a pain and i know when i joined my team my team also was like wow she comes with a lot of processes but today they do this on their own like i don't even have to ask them just because it just it it brings a sense of trust credibility to the work that you're bringing to the table you can always you know a word of mouth is very different from you know something that's documented so i highly recommend that absolutely i can't emphasize that enough because i think sometimes can confuse agile with lack of structure or lack of processes and i think it's important to have a process that you can always change but there has to be a, a plan 
even though exactly. you may change it. Um, so obviously now as, as, a, as a more of a people manager, when you are leading others to grow in, uh, in their product careers, what are some of those things that you are intentionally doing yourself that might not scale, but they are so core to your values that you want to keep? Um, to be quite honest, it's not like I do these for any reason. So things like I like to be involved in roadmap reviews, PRD reviews, UX reviews, just so that this is really, I mean, I have a team that actually runs with things on their own, but it is important to be there. One is to provide support. Um, and the other thing is you're looking for opportunities for your product managers to be also asking the right questions. For example, a lot of times people have ideas, but they may not be surfacing them because they don't know if that's the right forum. So even if that doesn't scale very well today, the intention is you want to groom everybody to be at a point where they can run things, right? So I do, I involve myself in a lot of PRD, uh, uh, you know, and I, and I can get a little bit um, specific in terms of, you know, I want to make sure that some areas are covered. Like I don't want to, I don't want to send out a requirements document without having success metrics. For example, I don't want to, uh, you know, have, you may not have a UX design. You don't have to have a mock-up. There is some like flexibility there, but I do think that it is important to, um, to be available for your team um, in the degree that's reasonable. I think especially these days where most of us are working from home and uh, we are not in the same room. I think that there's an opportunity to waste too much time if people don't show up prepared. So trying yeah. to create these type of frameworks where you know we're going to do some we're going to co-create instead of just talk about life, it's important. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, um, it's been great to have you on the on the show. Deb. I just want to ask you my last question, which is, you know, for all the next generation of PMs out there that are listening to you, they how can they what would be one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self, I guess? Oh gosh. <laughs> So many things. <laughs> um, step one, the first thing is don't wait. Really, I feel like the moment I, I, I learned about product, I wish I had jumped day one. You are not gonna, you're not born a product manager. You evolve into being a product manager. So I would say don't don't spend time thinking about whether this is the right path for you. I think go and explore. So I, I feel like I should have started out day one, um, right after I graduated. Um, and like I said, you don't need to be very prepared today just be very alert be receptive learn from feedback learn from people that you're, you're observing right because i think that's end of, end of the day you learn on the job no matter what job you're in but i think specific skills like being accountable having follow-through being diligent hardworking, and obsession with your customer i think these are some core values that you should continue to have no matter what skill level you are in or what you know level of your career you are in and Please, I mean, with that, I think jump in. Don't don't wait. Don't hold back. And product school, for example, is one of those fantastic avenues to really learn about those like skills that you need to get started. If you feel at all like when we were like back ten years ago, honestly, I, I really wish we had access to something like product school because they didn't teach you some of these critical like you come from engineering, you don't know enough about the business, you don't know enough about product. This is so fantastic because you can actually learn. And you're equipped with the right toolkit to start your product management journey. So I would highly recommend it. Well, thank you again. And I also love that about like, don't ask for permission, go out there and build it. There's only so much you can learn by reading books. And at some point you have to face reality. So the sooner the better for everyone. Thank you for listening to the product podcast. If you like this episode, 
don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.